This episode of Curbside Manor marks the end of my four-month position at the Mission Neighborhood Resource Center in San Francisco. To stay true to the goal of this podcast, this episode is still about homelessness. Don't worry. But beyond that, it is also about aspects of life that many members of society, housed or unhoused, are struggling with this year, such as discrimination, mental health, and caring for difficult family members. You don't need me to tell you that 2020 brought unfathomable challenges into all of our lives. You probably live them every day. But as you face your battles, keep in mind the Americans experiencing homelessness who have faced them before you. I think they have a lot to teach us about how to move forwards. This episode features an interview with Uma, a seasoned case manager at the Resource Center and a friend to me. Case managers help homeless clients access services such as reserving shelter beds and applying for identification cards. Although they do not provide health care, they navigate the mental illnesses, addictions, and even physical health issues of their complex clients. For some homeless individuals, case management can be as critical to improving their health and quality of life as any other member of the healthcare team. Uma, with all of her wisdom and tranquility, has learned from her unhoused clients how to become someone who can and will take on anything. As we all enter the new year and the daunting future, I hope that Uma's stories can help us all become better. They've already helped me. Well, my my background is I'm a I'm a mix, I'm multiracial, I guess. Uh, my siblings are white, um, um, brown, dark, darker than them. So all my life, since I was little, um, you know, I would heard comments like, "Oh, you're from a different dad," or you know, little jokes here and there, or like, you know, little discriminated, like, "Oh, why are you brown? Why are you not?" As why are your sister and your brother whiter than you? And thanks to that, I kind of develop or grow um, empathy for other people. You know, not empathy, but I I learn I learn what racism feels like. So that made me now to be. To be as less racist or to work hard not to yeah, be racist. Yeah, think about how other yes. people are feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but not my siblings. Uh, my siblings are actually whiter. They're white. They're, so they never experienced comments like that. So they don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I, one day I was walking with my sister and there was an African-American person up on the street. And my sister, a homeless person, my sister... Uh, cross the street because she felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I didn't. And um, I didn't. And I asked her, you know, why are you being racist? Or why are you discriminating that person? And she she was like, well, it's scary. And I was like, what's scary about it? And they're just laying down on the floor. Um, there's nothing scary about 
about it, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And, but I learned, you know, it's just funny because, um, even though we have the same parents, um, we have the same, we were born in Mexico City, um, we had the same kind of similar, you know, we were taught the same morals and values. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just different. Yeah, like it's funny way. that yeah, you had so much similar in your lives, but yes. you have such a different reaction. Yes. Uh, I mean, I think that story is just very like poignant to me because uh, you're coming to San Francisco, and there's just a lot of a lot more people on the streets living mm-hmm. on the street, and I. Uh, you know, I'm having an experience where I'm exposed to a lot of those people. I see them sleeping on the street, and then I see them in here the next day. And seeing other people crossing the street and avoiding people when there's no like aggression or threat kind of being displayed, it just it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It's just uh, I think I think um, we are a lot of people are afraid of them because. Uh, they are afraid of themselves, their own feelings, their own securities, you know, they are. They see them as failures. They see them as, you know, oh, no, I don't want to talk to that person. Because mm-hmm. in your inside, in, in, your, in your brain, you kind of are afraid of that you're going to be like them one day, if you know what I mean. Sure. So if you're being, yeah, you, you, you are projecting your insecurities mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. It's a way of saying, you know, I'm different. I'm, I'm, yes, it is a, it's not, a way to, be, to to pull yourself on the, above them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm better than them. And, uh, and that's what mm-hmm. it is, if you know what I mean. You, mm-hmm. think, you think you're more than them. Mm-hmm. That's why you do that. And now it's such an odd, odd component where... COVID kind of, you're supposed to distance from other people, so I think a lot of people can kind of disguise maybe racist or discriminatory avoidances of other people in the street by saying, oh, well, I'm just worried about getting COVID, when really there's, it's a complicated... The thing about the homeless community, and something that the homeless community, I learned from them and they taught me, is that homelessness doesn't discriminate nobody. Mm-hmm. You can be white and be homeless. You can be African-American or black and be homeless. You can be Latino and be homeless. You can be LGBT and be homeless. Anybody. You know, it's a, it's a community that it, it kind of includes everyone. <laughs> you know, it doesn't exclude this color or this gender identity or this. So working with the homeless community, it's working with diversity. You know what I mean? It's just totally. it's something that I love about working for for them. I, I I learned. I think to me it's a it's an honor to talk to them because I learned so much from them. You know, they come to me because they need help, because they need this, because they need that. But at the same time, I learn from them. And you know, when someone comes to my chair, well, comes to me and sits in front of me and, and sits on that chair that you're sitting right now. And they start talking to me about what's going on in their life. It's a, it's an, it's a, I don't know. It's just, it takes a lot of power to, to go with a stranger and talk and put your life. It's a lot of humility. Yes. I think I admire that very much. Like the ability to fully accept that you can't help yourself and you need this stranger. It takes a lot of humble. No, and it takes 
it's more like homeless, like humbleness. Yeah, yeah, it takes yeah. a lot of, you have to be super humble to do that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. We don't do that. No? You don't go, you know, there's, there's things that I keep to myself because I'm so, I don't know if my friends are gonna, you know, be okay with it mm-hmm. or how they're gonna react mm-hmm. to it. You know, it's just a lot of things that a lot of us give to ourselves. So when someone comes to that chair and sits and starts talking about their lives, to me it's so therapeutic. Like it's a, it's a therapy, you know, mm-hmm. like talking to them and meeting with them. And some of them talk nonsense, like you're, they're talking about things that doesn't exist and stuff like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. if you want to put it that way. But it's so, at the same time, it's just so beautiful to me. Like it's just... You know, I don't know. I learn, uh, yeah. and I listen to them, and they are they are sell tell. Like I remember, this lady was telling me that she just won a million dollars, but she didn't know how to claim it, and she was clearly under the influence. But you just have to, I don't know, listen, and you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. it's quite a unique experience. Yeah. When you get you give yourself a chance to talk to people and you learn mm-hmm. you learn a I, lot. I really love that sentiment because I think a lot of people what I've seen is a lot of people come in here and they have problems that just are not going to be fixed in one conversation mm-hmm. and some problems that may never be fixed in their lives and so coming to a case manager who can help them try to solve those problems going to the doctor going to the therapist even in my like research interviews when I'm asking people questions like we're not going to solve their problems but that there's this value in giving them the space to talk about them and that even if you don't come to a solution that talking about it was better than what was happening before which was not talking about it at all and this is this is something that I I do the way I work is I tell them all the time it's on you it's not on me, it's on you. I'm just here to help. But if we wanna, you know, recover from, I don't know, you're trying to stop doing drugs, you wanna stop, you wanna look for a job. Yeah, I can help you with that. But, uh, and I'll be there, And I'll, but at the same time, you are the one who has to do the work, mm-hmm. not me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I can help you to do your resume and do a few application stuff. Um, or whatever, um, or refer you to a detox program. But at the end of the day, it's on you. You are the one who has the power. I'm not here to save you. I'm here to help you. Mm-hmm. The only one who can save yourself, basically, it's you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to do the work, not me. Because when you do everything for them, at the end, in my opinion, you don't get good results. Uh, you know, you don't teach them how to be independent because you they you did everything for them, and once mm-hmm. they get, uh, for example, I don't know, they are placed in a hotel, whatever. Um, they don't know what to do after that. They don't know how to be independent. They don't know how to how to how to manage themselves. You know what I mean? So. I always tell them, it's on you. You have to do this. You have to do that. Of course, there's clients who are um, not like seniors or someone who's, you know, mentally disabled, who aren't capable of doing things on their own. But to the clients who are not 
that complex, I try to I I try to, to encourage them to to you know it's on them yeah. the power is on you yeah. to believe it on on themselves to 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 know that they can do they mm -hmm. can do it and do you, do you find that you you can kind of build motivation or mm -hmm. by just you know encouraging them giving them like telling them that they can do it like being really present with them or like what are the best ways to build motivation because I've heard this again and again like. If a client doesn't want to get better, they won't get better. But how do you make them want to get better as like a Just be there for them whenever they ask for help. Yeah. Because uh, if you're not there, even for a, like a question, they get very, you know, they don't feel the same energy. They don't feel like... But when you're there, they kind of it's kind of energy for them you kind of share your energy to them you give it to them yeah so so that it's like that's, what you were saying earlier about being open and confident you as both as a case manager but also in your real life just like the way you present yourself can rub off on other people the thing about a case manager is the case manager doesn't have to take things personal you know for example they, i have a client who's who was approved for housing a few, few uh, like a year ago and we did the application and she was approved and everything was there. Everything mm -hmm. was ready. And one part of her got really scared and she ended up not signing papers and doing things that she was supposed to do. And she lost that. Like, you know, the opportunity, it was gone. Um, I wasn't mad at her. You know, we worked, both of us, her and I worked so hard. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, something kind of freaked her, her out. Yeah. I didn't take it personal. It wasn't like, you know, like, oh, it's my fault. No. A few months later, she came by and she wanted to try. We tried it again. You know, we were doing everything and same thing. When it was about to happen, she freak out and mm -hmm. they don't want to do it no more if in the future if she comes I'm still gonna do it for her yeah. why because maybe that's the one time that she'll be able to you know um do it yeah and if, yeah. and if I say no to her then then it was my fault yeah. if you know what I mean if I'd be like no I already helped you two times then no case manager doesn't have to take anything personal yeah it's your job to be endlessly patient with yeah. people mm -hmm. and of course like it's it, it can be it can be a lot of stress for us uh, but like I said if you don't take it personal then you're not you don't really get stressed yeah. you know it's it's kind of funny because mm -hmm. uh, when you you People who take things personal, like clients who, you know, like a case manager who does, who, oh, social worker who takes it personal, it, they ended up not, not okay. Yeah. You know, they end up hating their job, they end up hating the clients or whatever, mm -hmm. the community and, and everything. So just remember that it's not, a, it wasn't, it was the client and it's the client, you're there, you're, you're there for the client and if the client says no, it's no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The client says yes, then it's yes. Yeah. You know, it's not, you're not responsible for their behavior or, or actions or feelings. Mm -hmm. um, 
except for your own. So mm -hmm. just focus on your own, focus on helping them and don't take it personal. Yeah. Just be there for them. You said you said before that it takes like a certain personality to to really deal with this population. Like obviously patience is one of those traits. Like what else do you think? Because like I don't think this kind of work is for everyone, and you have to have a certain kind of. Person. I think I think um, you gotta be judgmental and not at the same time. You gotta be a good kind of judgmental. <laughs> like me, I was judgmental to learn about the community. I wanted to learn. I wanted to, you know, you you when you're judgmental, sometimes you learn a lot of things. So, you gotta be detrimental in a good way to work with them. You know, mm -hmm. you gotta be curious to learn how to how to how how the community works and how is like you know someone sits on that chair and tells me, oh, I was in jail for twenty years because mm -hmm. I killed someone because it has happened to me. You just gotta be judgmental. You gotta be. You gotta work hard not to be judged, that kind of judgmental to yeah. be like, oh my god, leave. But you gotta be judgmental and be like, okay, so how are you feeling? Like, what? you know, kind of. You have to think critically about yes, it. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, like, how do you feel now? How's life? You know, and and learn. At the same time, you, yeah, I'm being, I'm being judgmental because I don't know how working with them is. So I wanna learn. I wanna. I want to, you know, want to learn from them, if mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So, being judgmental in a good way. Yeah, kind of in the way where you're, you don't treat them just like everyone else. Like, you take that information and you think critically about it yes. and you react to them differently. Mm -hmm. But you're not judging them for what they've done. In the yes. Not everyone's as strong as you are, in totally. a way. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Some people just don't have it and they mm -hmm. need help. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's okay. Mm -hmm. what so, sort of like zooming out from the resource center to just like how this country deals with homelessness. Like, you talked a little bit before about like your thoughts on family and how upbringing can influence like how you're set up to deal with mm -hmm. the rest of your life and. Um, yeah, maybe first talk a little bit about like what you see in this country, but you also have had you grew up in Mexico City mm -hmm. partially, and so you can kind of compare it to maybe what homelessness and or addiction, mental illness, how all of that's being dealt with in two different countries. Mexico, a lot of people are homeless because money. You know, money. Um, Money. There's no money. They were if they're raised, uh, born in a really poor community or family, or it has to do with money. Here, I don't think that's what it is. I think here, well, yeah, some of them it's money issues, but what I have seen it's more about mental issues. And like I told you before, uh, I think a lot of us. Uh, are always trying uh, talking and how can we fix uh, homelessness you know housing this but we don't talk we don't think about how can we prevent it mm -hmm. 
if I already, like I told you five minutes ago, uh, mental issues is a huge thing mm -hmm. in the homeless community here in the U.S. So I think we should work on that. How can we start teaching kids about mental health? You know, to love themselves, to to talk about their feelings, to you know, and also, um, like I like I seen so many um, situations where the person they are bipolar or schizophrenic, and their family don't want to take care of them, so they just leave them outside. You know, like like a. Like a thing, you know, like a like an animal, or like an yeah, like they just they don't care. Uh, yeah, I get it. It's difficult to deal with someone who has it's schizophrenic or bipolar or anything, but it's just kind of sad that the government or the, the a lot of states don't have the special places for them. Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean? You know, like like I don't know. It's kind of like think. Um, the government should spend more money on mental health, on mm -hmm. more, you know, like... Like know. a preventative measure. Yes, and if yeah. a lot of people, you know, we don't have that many places where people can just go and talk to a therapist. Like mm -hmm. here, and we'll let, we'll, in San Francisco, uh, it's hard sometimes to look for a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't even have them here. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of sad, if yeah. you know what I mean. It's kind of... It's kind of sad that the those kind of situations are happening in one of the most powerful and richest countries in the world. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. the government needs to spend more money to on mental health to prevent homelessness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. And also, families need to teach their kids. Um, you know, I think um, the last. I remember, I remember being young. The last thing I was, I learned, it was to love myself. If you know what I mean. It was like the hardest thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, to always love your mom, love your sister, mm -hmm. love your brother, love your dad, love your friends. Love. We're never told to love ourselves. We're mm -hmm. never. We don't do that. We don't practice that. So. Um, I don't know, like mental health here in the U.S. is, I don't know, it's a myth, it's a joke. And not just here in the U.S., in a lot of countries, it's just mm -hmm. something that we, a taboo, we don't talk about it, or you're weak, or you're that, or, you know, with someone having a, a, someone under the influence, and we either avoid them or make fun of them, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. It's mm -hmm. just, oh, it's, he's drunk because he, I come from a, my background. Is I have a an alcoholic dad. My dad was um, an addict. He was uh, he died from cirrhosis. He was thirty five. Wow. So that actually helped me uh, to understand, you know, how powerful. Yeah, that is. and 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 I remember, you know, when a lot of people will see that. I remember being young, and my dad would be on the street, drunk. I would avoid him because it was embarrassing in a way you know what I mean it was oh no that's not my dad it was embarrassing you know they were oh, most of the time and this is to, to families um, or school or anything everywhere I'm gonna give you an example we have the 
you're a mom and you have two kids. One of them is a good one, if you want to put it that way. You know, straight A's, um, super respectful and stuff. And the other one is a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, what we do is that we put the energy on the good one. You know, he's a good kid. Oh, you know, we're always like, oh, my kid, that's my kid. I love him. That's my kid. And the troublemaker, we, oh, no, that's not the screen. We don't want to deal with that one, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And they should be the opposite. Your energy yeah. should go to the one who's having issues, mm-hmm. to the one who's making, you know, getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You can, t- but by teaching them, not by making, not by enabling their behavior, that's the thing. Uh, not because they got in trouble, you're gonna, you're gonna, save them all the time. No, you mm-hmm. gotta teach them lessons. But put your energy on that kid. Mm-hmm. Because that's the one who needs you the most. Mm-hmm. And same thing in school, you know, when you were in school, troublemakers, you know, no, nobody wants to deal with them, nobody wants to talk to them, nobody wants to be friends with them. Mm-hmm. And um and with the good kids, you know, we even put a little star on their forehead and mm-hmm. give them candy and mm-hmm. we celebrate them all the time mm-hmm. but they are the ones who don't need us yeah. the ones who really need us need, need us uh, are the troublemaker ones so it happens the same thing with the homeless community if you know what I mean we see we see someone who's struggling and we we turn our back to them mm-hmm. we don't want to deal with them we don't want to listen to them we're too busy for them yeah. and other people who don't need it really need us. We are we give them our energy mm-hmm. all the time. If you know what I mean. Yeah, it just makes me think. I mean, I think in this country there's so much emphasis on self sufficiency mm-hmm. and um, you know every man for themselves. I can you know do it all on my own. Everyone should be able to do it all on their own. And yeah, like family saying, you know, once you're X age, you should take care of yourself and. That's just so unrealistic because as humans we're so dependent on other people and so, and some people are need more support than others and that shouldn't be a bad thing it's just a part of who they are and um, yeah I don't know if if you feel like there's less self sufficient uh, less focus on self sufficiency in Mexico or what your experience is there like do families care for people with mental illness yes definitely um actually I have someone back in Mexico who. Um, it's a 44 year old man who has mental issues and uh, yes I'm not gonna lie there's people who don't care about you know it's like my some of my uncles they don't care for him but there's one uncle who does mm-hmm. because um, yeah it's his brother mm-hmm. he's, he's our uncle or uncle so, uh, but you see that more of, more uh, frequently over there than here, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Here, let me just put an example. When you get to 60, 65, they, a lot of um, kids send their parents to to help. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, they go see them once a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of the culture, kind of sad, yeah. if you know what I mean. And in Mexico, no, in Mexico, 
it's, it can be toxic and not at the same time, but in Mexico, they always teach you that you have to be there for your mom and your dad when they're mm -hmm. not able to support or do things for themselves, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're, it's not about money, it's not about, it's about company. Give them, giving them, giving them love, mm -hmm. giving them, listening to them, you mm -hmm. know? Just like, I don't know, it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah. It's not about we're not talking about money we're talking about emotional support mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean so yeah. it's kind of like here it's just people are, are very selfish in a way yeah, people you, value their emotional time more than their money they'd rather shell out money and put their parent in a nursing home than they like just put the time I had time. a client who, who he was my age and it was kind of hard for me because when someone is my age, it kind of hits me because mm -hmm. I'm like, damn, it can be me. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember he would his, he would always call his family and they will send him everything. Money and a, a new phone, clothes and stuff. Wow. But they wouldn't, you know, get a car and, or a bus or and come get him. No. They'll be like, oh, you need this? Okay, I'll send it to you. Oh, you need that? Okay, I'll send it to you. That's it. It was kind of sad for me, you yeah, know? Knowing like, that he was He needs family. He's yeah. here. He's a schizophrenic. He, he, he hurts things or sees things that are not there. And the people that you need the most are not there for you, mm -hmm. which is your, mm -hmm. maybe your siblings, your dying, your, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, Yes, it's not loving yourself doesn't mean that you have to be selfish. Yes. Doesn't mean like oh I love myself so I don't care about my disabled, my disabled uh, brother. Mm -hmm. No, that's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like yeah I get it. There's 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 um, people who are very difficult to deal with. I'm not gonna lie. You know, like are are, are they are difficult. But the thing is. Um, at some point, a lot of people turn their backs. You know, like yeah, you let your let your your uh, schizophrenic family member to go away. But if he comes back or she comes back, or they come back, be there for them. If mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people are oh you're here. Why are you here? Go over there. Yeah. Oh here's a ticket. I'll send you to yeah. to to. And the thing, assuming there's like a safety net in this country. Which we do have a safety net of places like this, but it's not enough. There's too many people yes. that are being, you know, turned away from the families and their communities, and they end up here, and then the system, the safety net is overwhelmed. And, and here in San Francisco, it's actually funny. You do you mentioned it from, at the beginning that uh, for you it was crazy to see so many people living on the streets. This is a thing. Where you're from, or even in other cities, there is homeless people, but the thing is, it's illegal to be homeless. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them are hiding. A lot of them, you know, they are hiding somewhere. Here in San Francisco, it's actually not illegal to be homeless. So that's why people have that freedom to do and go wherever they want mm -hmm. to go. Mm -hmm. And if you know what I mean. Totally, so, yeah. so um, imagine if it's hard to look for a place here in, in San Francisco, can you imagine just how hard it is to maybe 
an other city who's not yes, homelessness is illegal. Yeah. There's not that many yeah. places. Yeah. There's not that many. You know, we spend money on on war, you know, killing or fighting or, you know, mm -hmm. with other countries than protecting our people. It's kind of, mm -hmm. it's kind of funny. You know, we, mm -hmm. we, we go to the Middle East to protect, protect. <laughs> Our, our people, but the people who are here, they're not protected. Yeah. There's no, there's no people who need us. There's, there's no, like I said. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, if we, you know, start teaching people or talk about, about mental health with other people, we can prevent homelessness, mm -hmm. you know, to this level. We can actually, it's not about not about fixing the problem, it's about preventing it. Mm -hmm. If you know what I mean. How mm -hmm. can what can you do to so this doesn't happen again? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How we don't do that. Yeah. We done with that. We kinda just ignore it and like I said, and it, it's just like you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's kinda sad. Yeah, and it's it's so much more like we use the term homelessness to describe a very complicated and wide group of people's experiences but it's not just about getting them into housing I mean your job as a case manager you can help them find shelters I mean the shelters are closed right now but that's not the solution either we need the prevention and of mental illness some people are actually homeless by choice because they get more love on the streets than they do with their own families if you know what I mean mm -hmm. Kind of that, yeah. or their own friends, mm -hmm. or their own their own people, if you want to put it that way. Mm -hmm. A lot of people rather be on the streets, hanging out with other people, than with, with their own family, because a lot of them they were LGBT and their families didn't approve it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A lot of mm -hmm. them. Uh, like I said, were uh, disabled, I don't know, uh, they have mental issues and they were discriminated by their own family. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people who, some of the people who are homeless are homeless by choice because they get left. You know, like I said, homelessness, community homeless, doesn't discriminate nobody. Yeah. You can be LGBT, you can be anything and be homeless. So kind of there it's a family you know yeah. it's it's um they understand each other of course they have issues with each other so you know no one's perfect the other day i saw this lady and it was such a beautiful thing she was clearly uh under the influence or 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 she had mental issues she had a she had a bag of Reese's uh, chocolate <laughs> And she was she was given she was going around the mission and giving candy to people to the candy. homeless people yeah. to homeless to homeless people. Uh, and I saw I saw her she walking around and put that was this old old man sitting by himself and she put a candy on his lap. And it was just so cute to me. It was just and she was clearly. Um, you know, she also was homeless and she was had mental issues, but just ha that was so beautiful to me. It was just yeah. so beautiful. 
loving yourself, we get confused with that. Loving yourself, and uh, you have to be selfish, but not that kind of selfish. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just not because you care about you and your life doesn't mean that you have to stop caring about others, so loving others. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. When the term loving yourself, it means you, you put yourself first, like, if you're dealing with a to toxic person, you kind of move yourself away from them. That's loving yourself. Mm -hmm. But a lot of us get confused that, oh, you know, I love, I love myself, so I don't care about nobody else. Mm -hmm. That's not what it is. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of stupid to yeah. think that way. And you can, I can, I don't know, you can see it in people who don't love themselves, that they push people away from them, that they can't love other people because they don't love themselves first and so it's almost like you need to love yourself before you can do the things that you grew up being told love your grandma love your mom love your friend love your sister like okay. you need to love yourself first because you're not going to be a loving person no and like i said a lot of people who discriminate homeless people they do that because they are projecting their own insecurities on, on that homeless person. Mm -hmm. I need to accept them to accept myself. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Accepting them helps me to accept myself mm -hmm. as a human being. Mm -hmm. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Kind of yeah. funny. So, it's like, like I said, uh, I've been doing this job for almost three years. And I'm so thankful and I'm so glad I did this, you know, because I learned so many things. So mm -hmm. much about myself, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I was able to learn from them, yeah. you know, like a person will come to me with, with an issue and I'll be like, oh, you know, I'll be like, all the thing, you know. Why am I being this kind of judgmental? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, because it happens. Yeah, there's days that I I have been judgmental in a bad way with clients. Mm -hmm. Not gonna say that I'm perfect, no. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it makes me think about what's going on with me. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. What's happening? Why am I thinking that way about mm -hmm. this client? Why am I judging this client that way? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you know what I mean. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're so wise to say all these things. I, th I really think, I mean, that's the humility piece, too. Like, you see clients come in every day. They have to be humble enough to ask you for help. But, like, you have to be humble enough to realize when you're not being the best, you're not giving them the best help you can. And to, like, think about that and acknowledge what you did wrong and then move forward. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a metaphor for everything in life, but I just think like I don't know. You you strike me as so wise and you strike everyone you meet as so like confident because you've had this really amazing experience that a lot of people haven't had. And and this is the way I see it. Everything I said or do it has an impact on someone else's life. So I try to I work really hard to be there for them. I work really hard to listen to them. I work really hard not to be judgmental in a bad way mm -hmm, to them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I work hard 
it's 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 hard work, you know. It's it, a lot of people don't think it is, but it is. Yeah. other people helps you to accept yourself mm -hmm. you know listen to them if they are come to you whether it's a friend a, a, a family member um just you know doesn't take a lot it takes more energy for you to be an asshole than <laughs> to have some empathy i agree if you can take it deal with them as much as you can mm -hmm. you know be there for you uh, and yeah stop focus uh, don't focus on the good people focus on the one on the, on the ones who really really need you mm -hmm. have empathy i wish to lose this job one day why because if i you know if they close this place it's because there's no homeless people out there who needed me anymore Love yourself first. Ending homelessness, reforming society, solving the mental health crisis. There are a lot of large-scale barriers to justice and equity in this country that will require much more work than individual self-acceptance. But I think Uma is right. We should all start locally. Love yourself, then your friends, then your neighbors, those in houses, and those on the street. Thank you to Uma and the entire Mission Neighborhood Resource Center for welcoming me into your community. This is Curbside Manor. <laughs>